All right. Well, today, uh, Eric, we have a cornucopia of an episode. Yes, we do, because it is definitely the season with Thanksgiving. Just a couple days away now. Packers playing the Lions, probably lose to them. Oh. What do we need? Come when, on. Yeah, well, they're having a fair New season. Here right? from, you, <laughs> from Lions our fellow are, residents. Lions are super hot right now. What are you going to do? Fair um, Either way, I love I love the three football games on Thanksgiving, but the best thing about Thanksgiving is the food. And what season are we in anyways, other than the holidays? Well, football season. And what's our topic today? It's Wisconsin comfort food. Comfort food season. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's a season? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, it is a season. You don't look for comfort food in oh, July. Oh, one on me right? over here. <laughs> when the weather's cold like that and it's dark more than it's light outside. That's comfort food season. Yeah. And this is truly one of my favorites because my mom and my dad both cooked when I was a kid. Mostly my dad, but my mom did bake every once in a while. And to have a home-cooked meal, you know, I don't know. I Some people probably did not have that tradition, but I'm sure everyone at some point has had a home-cooked meal, whether it was from their own parents or somebody else's parents. We've all had something that resembles that. And that is truly a comfort food to me. And I know that there are some restaurants where they it cooks something up and it just reminds you of that home cooked meal that you got when you were a kid. You know, a lot of restaurants love to advertise home cooking and I go back and forth on that. Sometimes that sounds appealing and other times it's like, well, if I wanted home cooking, I'll eat at home. I want restaurant cooking where they use extra butter, extra salt, extra things to make it flavorful. That is the comfort food right? we're about to get into. <laughs> it is. Now, when we define comfort food, everybody's definition is probably a little different, but you kind of found one online that seems to envelop it all? Kind of. I, this is, I was just kind of interested in whether or not there was a little bit of history to comfort food or where that term came from. Um, and I guess it's been traced back to at least 1966 when the Palm Beach Post used it in a story that said adults, when under severe emotional stress, turn to what could be called comfort food. So again, this is in in one of the stories of a Palm Beach Post. And they define comfort food as that associated with the security of childhood, like mother's poached egg or famous chicken soup. Hmm. That's some imagery right there. Uh, yeah. I can taste it Mom's in my mouth. famous poached egg. <laughs> very, I, very That's I would have gone specific. with it, actually, but okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen my mom poach an egg in her life. <laughs> But then it, it all, there's a trick to it. Uh, yeah. It also says it might have been Liza Minnelli who used the term for the first time and it's modern meeting in an er, modern meeting in an interview um, uh, admitting to a craving for hamburger. Is a hamburger comfort food, though? I think it can it's be so for some people. Maybe it's subjective. Right. I think it's not like what are the particular foods that are comfort foods for for people? I mean, I think pasta is like a given. Right. But I think it's more so what did you have when you were a kid and what which, you know, falls into this tradition that we're talking about in the last um, or in the next couple episodes, too, with ho the holidays right around the corner. And yeah, I suppose. I mean, like, I don't think of hamburger as a comfort food, but I think of meatloaf as a comfort food. That's a good that's a good comfort food. But and again, it's perhaps subjective. Somebody who's never had meatloaf in their life might be really freaked out by a bread of meat, a bread loaf of meat. Well, it's just I mean, it's. <laughs> Basically, it's a giant meatball because meatballs have bread in them. Kind of, but there's yeah, oats in it usually, right? Sometimes oats. Yeah, they, they do a lot of things for filler. And frankly, oats are really good for you. So Oats are really good for you. It by is that kind argument, of that meatloaf hearty... is better for you than a hamburger. That is true. I would. Well, maybe. If, 
yeah, I guess it depends on your body, but this is possible. <laughs> anyway, we are talking about Wisconsin comfort food. You know, this would have been a really good topic during the pandemic, I think. People were having a bunch of dreams about comfort foods. <laughs> well, that's true. And it's that did kind of reinforce the idea of comfort food. But we're going to reinforce it here as we approach Thanksgiving 2023 with all kinds of things from Pasta to mashed potatoes to casseroles to stews to desserts and such like that. Don't so forget we'll, chili for we'll the over, yes for the football season. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Help make chili the other night, and there's always leftovers, right? Oh yeah. Why don't why doesn't Tupperware just make their their stuff tomato sauce stain colored at the factory? <laughs> like red. Yeah. I think some do, there's, but the I think you got to do glass jars, Eric. That's actually well, yeah. Glass is good. I've, I've yeah, moved to glass they, in a lot of things. If it's super hot stuff you're putting in there, then they airtight seal too. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's the way to Be go. Fun to the have old jars canning of chili. mechanism. Yeah. What's what's new is old again, or what's old is new again? Something along those lines. Yeah, vintage. Okay, mid-century well, modern. And and vintage comfort food can be vintage too. It often is. As long as it's not, as long as it's the type of food, not the actual food. I don't want to eat anything That's, actually from like nineteen twenty-four. Maybe a Twinkie. That's probably still good to eat. Yeah, All that's right, probably we will, true. We will comfort you with tasty foods coming up on this episode of the Cabin. The Cabin is brought to you by the Wisconsin Counties Association, and this week we are featuring Shawano County. Shawano County is spelt Shawano, S-H-A-W-A-N-O, but it's pronounced Shawano. It's a modified Ojibwe term meaning southern, as it was the southern boundary of one of the tribal territories back in the day. Shawano County was organized in 1853, carved out what were parts of Outagamey and Oconta counties at the same time. I can never pronounce that right. The county seat in Sh- is Shawano with over 9,000 of the county's 40,000 residents. The only other city in Shawano County is Marion, much of which is in Wapaka County. Shawano County is also home to the huge Shawano Lake and has a number of villages, including Bonduel, home to Docks Harley-Davidson, which has an amazing museum along Highway 29. Check that out. Other villages include Eland, Mattoon, Tigerton, home to the Rocks of Fun Cafe, a unique pasty shop, and Wittenberg, a village with tons of murals downtown, one of the Ho-Chunk casinos, and home most famously to Newski's Bacon. Josh Hosterman will be happy that we brought that one up. That's all right in Shawano County. The Cabin is also brought to you by the WCA Group Health Trust. Serving local governments and school districts, the WCA Group Health Trust partners closely with members to fulfill their employee health benefit obligations in a fiscally responsible manner. Learn more at WCAGHT.org. And there you go, Shawano County, where I'm sure there's plenty of good comfort foods. It sounds like it. I've been there a couple times, and I have been to some comforting ice cream places. In Shawano? that much. <laughs> okay. I've, so I've been to Stubborn Brothers one. Brewery. I'm, actually, they have a really have good, good barbecue joint. That's a good comfort food. Do you remember the name of it? Oh, I can't remember. It's similar, I think, to a Dickie's. Okay. And it was really, really good. <laughs> so. Well, barbecue can be comfort food, but we're talking cold. Well... Barbecue is like hot weather comfort food. I think maybe because be I lived both. in Texas yeah. for a long time, but like I, I don't guess think it of, could be both. Maybe it's because you think summer summer grilling out. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I can't. I don't think of eating barbecue in December. I think of eating barbecue in July. Yeah, but a lot of those barbecue places, excellent chili. That's true. And well, because they, they make brisket like a, chili and yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be so freaking hungry by the time we're done with this. I know. People, get your forks out. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Unless you're driving. Don't what do you get need your forks to heat up out. comfort food? 
What do you need to heat up? Yeah, you need a fire. Our campfire conversations oh, begin now. So let's light it up. Oh, there we go. Now I can smell that fresh home cooking. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yum. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Eric's going to get weird today. Now, we're, we're going to talk about different foods and some different restaurants and then things like that. We're just going to kind of mix it up because the whole idea is to make you salivate. That's that's the idea. And, and we unfortunately don't food. have uh, Josh Osterman, the food connoisseur, on the podcast today. He would bo- He would at least... Say my mouth is watering six or seven. You'd times. probably hear it. You'd probably Ooh, hear I would the not hear that. Remember the complaint we got from people. He's going to we get were, upset that we said all of this about him. We were eating on the on the cabin one time. I forgot we were sampling food of some sort or something, and then <laughs> one or two of the comments were like, "Um, I didn't need to hear you guys going." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I appreciate that feedback because that is probably one of the worst noises. Yeah, I agree was, with whoever put point, that. Now put that, that I think down. of it, because. It was very tasty at the time, but you're like, nobody wants to hear us Nobody doing wants to that. hear you doing that. So, no. yeah. That is true. We uh, promise we won't be eating anything. No. <laughs> during now, this podcast. Some restaurants indicate that they're comfort food focused, right? If they if they call some, something mill, for example, usually is a hint that it's an old school comfort food restaurant. And you have a great example of one. I do. So I unfortunately have not been to this one yet, but it's the old feed mill, not to be confused with Paoli's The Mill. They are two different things, although Missouri. There's a ton of restaurants called Mill something, though. Correct. In the state. But these two are somewhat close to each other. They're not that far. Mazomini mm-hmm. is not too far from Paoli. Is that how you say that? You said Mazomini. Do you say Mazomini? It's Mazomini. That's how you say that. Okay, yeah. Edit that out and actually edit that out. That's actually Mazomini. Wow. Well, because you think I've always said it. I think of Menominee. Menominee, but it's Mazomini. I've always said Mazomini. No, it's Mazomini. better. Okay. Well, the old feed mill is. I'm going to start all over. Now that you've introduced that, I like it. Mazomini. I'm saying it from now on. Okay. Mazomini. Okay. Do, 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 do. The old fi- the old feed mill is in Mazomani, which is not to be confused with Paoli's The Mill. Uh, and this one I have not been to yet, but they have some pretty delicious sounding meals. One is a pot roast, which is slow roasted. Uh, they define it as pork or describe it as pork tender beef and veggies. It's served two ways. Uh, the pork lunch- tender. What did I say? You said pork. <laughs> I can't talk today. <laughs> It's bad. This mixed with my being tired. I'm just going to laugh my way through the whole episode right now. You need some comfort food. I really need some comfort food. Anyway, it's too bad we're going to the VFW tomorrow and not tonight. (laughs) Anyway, it is slow roasted fork tender beef and veggies. It's served two ways. So for lunch, it's served over honey wheat bread, which sounds amazing, with coleslaw. And then for dinner, it's served with mashed potatoes. Oh, I'd go for the mashed potatoes yeah. every time. And their building is pretty cool, too. It's re- it's in a restored grain mill from 1857. So, so it brings you way cool. back. Yeah. And I'm sure that they have some original recipes that they're still using today, which, you know, back then they were cooking mm-hmm. like... One or two people in the kitchen, they're working hard, tastes like mom and dad's meatloaf, pork, (laughs) whatever you got going on in there. So that is one of those places where I think tradition really is 
that's what's served for you. You know, it's funny. You and I had the same uh, restaurant in Madison on each of our lists. We did? Which one? For uh, things. It was Monty's Blue Plate. Oh, this one's a <gasps> classic. I love that one. See? Yeah. Okay. Elise Elise knows. Is so many times. Elise is chiming in. I love it. So Monty's Blue Plate, what do you like there? Um... Well, I like the atmosphere overall, but when you walk in, I smell all, like, the burgers, and, like, sometimes I'll smell something new, and I'm like, well, I want that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> mm, the smells get you at a diner oh, yeah. like this. but or all the senses. Yeah, so yeah. at least describe it for the audience here. So the, when you walk atmosphere. in, it's, like, white and blue, hence blue plate, and <laughs> it is a really, like, 1950s diner, I think. Mm-hmm. Aesthetic, but the food is like you know your typical diner food, like burgers and fries and shakes and all that. And it's just really good to eat there and like eat with family because like yeah, that's my comfort food to eat there. Like because I love their fries. Like a lot, I love fries anywhere because I need salt. <laughs> but but <laughs> amen. Fries really are a salt delivery amen. method via potato. Yes, we could just so. summarize comfort food as salt. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. And it just smells really good, and I don't know what else to describe it because it's just really good food. Well, yeah, it's on uh, Atwood in Madison in the Willie Street neighborhood, mm-hmm. and or a little bit east of the Willie Street neighborhood. I I noted Monty's because of their meatloaf. Oh, I I noted or I mentioned it because of their burgers and at least as she said their milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, I mean, you walk in and there's a counter. And a shelf of pies. Mm-hmm. So right there, you know, it's comfort food. And then they also have these beers that are cold snacks. You know, cold snacks. Kentucky's cold snacks. Have you ever had one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know why, but our family, like, loves them. I don't drink anymore, but they have to be cold. Don't drink them, like, even slightly warm because they're horrible. But for some <laughs> reason, like, every time we go to Monty's Blue Plate, my dad just loves it. And it's, like, a tradition now to go there just for the cold snacks. I mean, we get other stuff, too, of is course. Beer is beer comfort food? I think beer is a little bit of my dad's comfort Actually, food, yes. for a lot of us, But, it like, kind those is, watered-down but... hams, you know what I mean? I think it's one of those <laughs> things, again, it's, like, the nostalgia of maybe college or... Where you, you're just hanging out with your friends. I think that's what it is for him. That is. And I, so I don't know if lighter beer is a comfort food. Some of the heartier stuff tends to be. Really? Yeah. See, I would think like, lighter beer just because that's what you're. Yeah, but you're not seeking comfort there. You're seeking party and hang out and drink and talk. I guess that's true. Parties are not comfortable. You know, when you're talking <laughs> the porters and the stouts, that's more of the comfort food. Because that, that that's goes my... with things like meatloaf and pot roast and mm-hmm. like a Guinness. Well, or... and think about a warm like a warm drink, you think dark beers. Like in, in the when in the winter versus if you're on a beach in the summertime, you're not thinking. Yeah, you want an ice cold light lager, uh, and I can then see yeah, that. In the winter and those beers, those kinds of beers, like you're talking about, are better served more in the fifty degree range, something like that, fifty to fifty five, mm-hmm. as opposed to thirty four, where it's almost frozen. Kentucky cold snacks. Cold dulls the taste. But, uh, and a quick aside, since I mentioned Guinness. Uh, Guinness is best served, I think, at 48 degrees Fahrenheit or something along those lines. Exactly right? that temperature? It tastes very 48. good. That's considered the optimal, I think. That's something something around Interesting there. little tidbit. But when we were in Britain, they offered Guinness extra cold. Was out it of a better tap. that way? It was chilled to 34 degrees, which most like a Miller Lite would be, right? Ideally. Right. It didn't taste like much. The cold dulls the taste. Mm. Interesting. So some beers are better at the warmer temperatures and some are better at the cold. I wonder if they've ever done a Guinness Nitro. I'm sure they have, but I wonder what that would be like. usually, yeah. 
Is it usually nitro? Not, I don't know offhand, but I feel like that'd be pretty good. But that, nitros that are typically cold. Yeah, and they're very smooth. Yeah, that way. But that's why I think that's why I like those dark beers. It's comforting too. But this is not Wisconsin's most comforting beers. Comfort drinks. <laughs> Although, okay, a quick aside on drinks: hot toddies. Yes, I think I did write one. Oh no, I wrote. Comfort. I wrote something else. Okay, it was not a drink in this one. <laughs> We'll get back to that in a different episode. Okay. Uh, and you know, oh, you had dumplings on here. Yeah, dumplings is a big one. I'm not a huge fan of dumplings, but for those who are dumpling fans, and I could totally see why, it is totally a comfort food. Elise needs to talk right now. I can see it in her face. <laughs> That's like the only thing I will eat from any restaurant that serves dumplings. I will I will eat them. So I've had fried dumplings. I had steamed dumplings. I don't think there's another form of dumplings. Well, there's soup dumplings, but I've never had those. So, like, because I think there's, like, uh, the global market here in Madison. I don't know what street it's on. I'm not, like, Eric. But there's the <laughs> I think it's the one house. next to, what, the uh, party city over there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's mainly the dumpling house. And I was so excited that I could, like, during the pandemic, I could Uber Eats just a whole <laughs> thing of dumplings. I think there was, like, eight of them in there. And it was, like, hot outside. And I'm like, I don't care. It's dumplings. I'm going to eat them. <laughs> yep. well, comfort foods are welcome in the summer, too, right? Yes. They're welcome all year round. And, yeah, you noted the different kinds of dumplings because when, when I'm talking comfort foods, I'm thinking mainly like soup dumplings or the chicken and dumplings mm-hmm. that you have. like Or super saucy dumplings. Yeah. But, like, the Asian dumplings that are kind of almost like empanada style, you know, those are really good, too. Mm-hmm. So those but, yeah, are, there's— there's one that's right in Madison, since we're in the Madison area with Monty's Blue Plate. There's one that is a really popular one, um, Paul's Pelmini. Have you been there? I've never heard of it. It's really popular. I don't know if it's popular among the college students or what, but it's, I mean, my brother swears by it. So I'm not a big dumpling fan again, but we went there this summer and they were pretty good. They, I think there's two different kinds. One of them is, I don't know if you can do like a veggie and a meat or maybe there's like a cheese one or can't remember, but I think the sauces are what kind of make it. Like there's a curry sauce for one of them. So they're they're on campus on Gilman. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they're right downtown, right off State Street. So I, I guess I don't know what a pelmini is. A pelmini is like a type of dumpling. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Half potato, half beef. Yeah, they see, I see a lot some of the options here. Oh, yeah, that looks like a good comfort food place. Yeah, it's a oh. good one. It's, but, I mean, dumplings are just one of those things where— it, it just feels like a comfort food. It's a noodle or a pasta. It's filling. It's hearty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good one and very popular. People swear by Paul's Pelmini. And then, I mean, I could talk about Dottie's Dumplings Dowry, but I don't know if they actually, I don't think they serve dumplings. No, they're all about burgers. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why they're called Dumplings Dowry. Um, maybe I should figure that out. Well, the dumplings wasn't part of their food. Dottie Dumpling was the character. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it kind of flows, Daddy Dumplings Dowry. Yeah, they're famous does. for burgers. They are famous for burgers. They they run a really good restaurant. Their mm-hmm. burgers are amazing. Um, it's a great atmosphere if you want some a place that's very lively. It's usually really really busy. Oh, it's hectic. Yeah, 
You yeah. want lively? Go next door to Ian's Pizza at midnight. Holy cow! Don't don't not advise. <laughs> Actually, that, it is pretty I did fun. That after a Badger game earlier this uh, this season, and single handedly raised the median age in the whole place. Yeah, <laughs> it is a lot of twenty one year olds or younger. <laughs> um, but that, speaking of a comfort food, Ian's is a comfort food amongst the college students, but the place is not always so comfortable. No, not at all. It's hectic. <laughs> Atmosphere. Zero on the comfort level. Food, probably 10 out of 10. Late night pizza by the slice does hit mm-hmm. a certain way, though. Yeah, that one definitely uh, checks out. <laughs> now, you had mentioned barbecue before. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned a specific place on your list in one of your favorite uh, cities for eating. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, really, truly. Um, as many of you know, I filmed a show in West Dallas this summer, and we highlighted the best of the best foods in West Dallas. So it was a bunch of local businesses and restaurants. And so we got to explore a lot of the food scene there. They have um, a really great barbecue restaurant called Double B's. So again, this is in West Dallas, and it's right they, on the main drag on Greenfield Avenue. So yeah, and we just got east a of State Fair. Chance, uh, Aperba and I got a chance to, and the crew, to check out the kitchen, which is immaculate, uh, super clean. It's one of the huge. nice things when you're filming Discover Wisconsin. You get to go into the belly of the beast uh-huh. and see the behind the scenes stuff. You definitely do. And it's really interesting because, I mean, obviously every kitchen is a little bit different, but this was like the cleanest kitchen we've ever seen. And, you know, it's huge. They've got people walking around and usually kitchens, it's probably, I don't know, like the same, not the same size, but probably half to two thirds the size of the front of house restaurant where people are sitting in the well, bar. They do and a lot of catering and stuff. Too, they do a lot right? of catering. And you need big smokers. Barbecue restaurants need space in that yeah, kitchen. Their smokers are huge. And I think they smoke their meat for, depending on the meat, obviously, but for like 12 to 14 hours. They have a guy come in at midnight and smoke it overnight. And <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, but they pulled out like these huge slabs of meat, you know? So we're just watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like half a cow in front of me. Uh, but it just smells. Uh, you walk in the door and it smells incredible. I've not, it's, I don't know, I've not smelled barbecue like that before. (laughs) So you walk in, the atmosphere is great. Definitely a really good place for meetings if you're, you know, doing a business meeting or something like that. Because they, the cool thing about this restaurant too, I know we're, you know, moving away from comfort food here, but I'll get into that in a second. They had a guy come in and do soundproofing in their place because it was so echoey when they first moved in. He popped a balloon, figured out where the sound bubbles hit. And where they echoed the most. And then they put up certain panels that they like handcrafted. One of the sons, I think, of the um, owners of the the of Double B's is a metal worker. And so he handcrafted these like metal sound cages that they put on the ceiling. And then they put plants everywhere. So now when you go in, it's really nice because you don't have to hear the people, you know, even next to you having their conversation. Everything's <laughs> so it's just a really good atmosphere. And it's they've they've done a great job job of uh, interior decorating, but they have some really awesome things on their menu. One of them is a bacon wrapped meatball, mm-hmm. and we got to watch them make this, and it is incredible. I'm not a big fan of bacon, but it was amazing. And then, well, the thing is, is the bacon really well done? It's like perfectly crispy. Okay, they, you know, obviously they dunk it right in the fryer, but it's just. I love bacon really well done. So do I. I that's the thing. It's There's less fat in it because it cooks out, right? Yep. And then you got that kind of crispier crunch. Mm-hmm. Chewy bacon's okay, but only because of the flavor and the salt. 
crispy bacon is where it's at. But it's hard to wrap crisp bacon around something because it cracks. Right. They, well, they so wrap it first really and then you have yeah. it. Yeah. So I always, because sometimes like if they make a steak, a bacon wrap filet or something, mm -hmm. they wrap raw bacon around the filet and then put it on the grill and it's never that good that way. Yeah. No, you got to, you got to wrap it first and then, I, I mean, the way they do it, they just dunk it right in the fryer and it's like to die for. So healthy. Yeah. Really good though. Um, and then they've got smoked ribs. They've got amazing chicken. I think they use hickory wood for smoking. So you can smell that when you walk into, and then they have like the most amazing cornbread, super, super good cornbread. Oh, that can be a comfort food. Oh yeah. man. Cornbread is like, you know, cornbread and chili. That's my comfort food for sure. <laughs> but they have really, really good cornbread. So that's double B's a great uh, restaurant. If you're looking for something, especially this, I mean, football season, Barbecue oh, yeah. is great for football season. We'll, we'll talk more about Chile in a second, but why don't we go to Peru first real quick, but stay in West Dallas. Yeah. So another one in West Dallas is Chef Paz. If you get a chance to meet the owner, now she owns, I think, like four other restaurants in Peru. So she's hard to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah, she like Peru has and West Dallas. <laughs> she's one in West Dallas and four in Peru. So if you get a chance to <laughs> meet connections, her. connections, I don't know how they come about. I know, but. Chef Paz. Her name is Maritza and she is a riot. She has a Facebook page and she like posts all these hilarious jokes, you know, along with the menu and the specials of the day and everything. But she's just a phenomenal human being and she's created this restaurant that's a comfort food, in my opinion, because one, the food is great, but two, because it really does feel like home cooking from your mom. Um, she because made your mom always made Peruvian favorites. Never, she never did. But it's almost like Maritza just like welcomes you with open arms and like gives you a hug when you. And she has this group of regulars that's been coming there every Friday for like eleven years or something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> I've well, I've had a fried rice from there that was phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah, they've got. She made us like beef stew and emp the empanadas there. Mm -hmm. They have this green sauce. Holy cow. Just the empanadas sauce? alone. I was, was like. Was it like a verde sauce or like a chimichurri kind of thing? I think it was more like a chimichurri. Okay. Um, but I, what, so what chimichurri is, is that the it's, thinner it's, one or the thicker one? It's olive oil base. There's uh, some mint in it. I think it's chimichurri. And, okay. Yep. Um, and it's, in, don't quote me on that though, but it's, it was just incredible. I, they have a, I think they might have a food cart too or a food truck. Um, but <laughs> then they had, she likes to kind of change things up. So in Peruvian culture, there is a lot of different, because there were so many immigrants to Peru, they have like Japanese culture there. They have just a whole variety, African culture there. And so the food is kind of this um, ensemble of different cultures, essentially. And they have, so she likes to incorporate all of those different flavors. But one mm. of the things she also does is try to put a Wisconsin spin on things every so often. So they have this potato, is it potato gratin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have this potato gratin where it's just like covered in cheese over the top and it's just like extra Wisconsin <laughs> because so much cheese. And she, they pulled this out of the oven in one of those um, like little skillets. It's like a personal panned skillet, mm -hmm. your own potato gratin, and it's just coated over the top with cheese, <laughs> almost like they do with a... Um, French onion soup. Yep. And they yeah. bake it and then they pull it out and it's so hot when it's served to you. It is incredible. <laughs> it's a lot of cheese though, so definitely a shareable. But that one is one of my favorites because it really does feel like your mom is just cooking this incredible meal for you. <laughs> well, potatoes and cheese, that makes for a really good comfort food in any variety. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
and potatoes covering a soup or something or a stew is great. That that brings me to uh, a comfort food I really like, which is shepherd's pie. Yes. And, and we've talked about this one on the podcast too. One of the places that serves really good shepherd's pie in Milwaukee area. Mm-hmm. I'll let you say it, oh, Eric. County Clare. Mm-hmm. Yes. Basically, any Irish or sometimes a Scottish pub, if they're worth their weight, they have a really good shepherd's pie. County Clare's is incredible. Yeah, I have yet to go there, and I know it's on our list. Yes. But you have mentioned the shepherd's pie there, and I really want to try it. So, And they have a couple of sister places, uh, including uh, Ashley on the Law in uh, Kenosha. What's it called? St. Brendan's up in Green Bay. Ashling on the L-O-U-G-H. It's mm. Lough, Lough, Lough. I don't know. Maybe Lough. Don't Ashling ask me. You know Lough. how bad I am I'll at pronouncing things. In Kenosha. Uh, but there's some other great shepherd's pies that I've had. I mean, they're obviously, they, they're, they can be found all around the state. But I would recommend O'Donohue's Irish Pub in Elm Grove, mm. which is a very cozy little place, uh, kind of tucked into Brookfield, just west of Wauwatosa. Up in Door County, there's an Irish bar called Kitty O'Reilly's hmm. in Sturgeon Bay. Uh, it's it's right before you get to the Bay Water as you're on your way out the peninsula and they have phenomenal Irish food, but they're, they're shepherd's pie second to none stone arch brew pub in Appleton. Have you been there? Mm-mm. It is a brewery in a very old building. I think it was part of like the, the, um, water works. Cause there's a couple of dams on that section oh, of the Fox yeah. river in Appleton. And it's like an old big utility building. If, if a nuclear bomb hit Appleton, that building <laughs> would be fine. That it's is one of those places. good to know. <laughs> so it's it's a good craft brewery, and their food is really good. And they're like the buildings, like stone and everything. Hence yeah, I love stone that. arch. In fact, when you're if you're sitting in the bar, there's a opening in the rock that you that to the kitchen, and they'll pass things through. Mm, it's that's like that. really cool. And their shepherd's like pie. They'll pass food through. Yeah. Fun. Their shepherd's pie is very, very good and rich and hearty. And that that's what you need for a good, you know, you got the beef and you've got the, the broth and the stew. And you want to feel the vegetables. Whipped? And then you've got that kind of whipped potato oh, that's, that's around where the top. It's at. Mm-hmm. Like golden brown right on top. And it's got yeah, the fluffy Yeah, they usually broil peaks. it at the end and you've got like almost not, you've got a slight browning at the edge of the potato peaks. Yeah. That's the way to go. And I love that a lot of those um, Irish places or pubs are very quaint and super cozy. Like you get that comfort in the atmosphere too there. Oh, yeah. They're designed Sometimes to be dark even. and cozy like, like you know, like in, in Ireland because, you know, in the, in the cold weather, and it's cold there pretty off, more often than here, uh, although not as cold. It's not as cold, but it's cold more consistently, yeah. And it's, and it's darker longer like this time of year. Right. Because just they're further north. So they have to like, when I was in college, I used to, me and my roommate used to have this phrase. We lived on a loft of a like four or three, four, whatever story condo Mm -hmm. um, apartment. And uh, we would always say, let's cave it up. And we would turn on. Cave it up. Cave it up. And when we wanted to study, but be cozy. And we Mm -hmm. would like turn on all of the lamps in the room, but turn off the overhead lights and we (laughs) would cave it up. So it was just those like, you know, yellowish tungsten lights in the room. And uh, I remember this like feeling of just being so comforted while we were studying in the middle of winter and we didn't want to go outside. And this is what these restaurants (laughs) remind me of. Nice. These little cave-like places. One more recommendation I'll make since I've been uh, focused on the eastern part of the state with the shepherd's pie. Uh, we'll go to La Crosse, Dublin Square, Irish pub. 
Yeah, what's the, the uh, atmosphere of this place? Well, it's it's like we've talked about mm-hmm. with the, just the dark, comforting atmosphere, uh, the friendly. Like you don't want to order a Miller Lite in there. You want to order a heartier beer just because a you don't want everybody Guinness. to make fun of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no cold snacks at the Dublin Square Irish pub, folks. <laughs> we did the Irish joke one time, right, with those two guys sitting at the bar? I think we did. I think you told me that while we were sitting at a bar in a supper club. <laughs> I may have. I think you did. Okay, fine. I won't again. But we, you can but, tell it. Yeah, two guys are sitting at the bar, and one of the guys looks across at the other side of the bar, and he sees two older guys looking a lot more haggard, each sharing a pint, and he looks at his buddy. He goes, hey, gives him an elbow. and goes, hey, look at those two over there. That's us in 10 years. And his buddy looks and goes, that's a mirror, you idiot. <laughs> You have told me that one. It's that kind so of good. joke works at a place like that. Square really I especially love stuff. the fact that you are doing your uh, Irish accent while I, saying it. It kind of starts as you, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Uh, from shepherd's pie to a different kind of pie, and not a dessert one, a very savory one. Very savory. Chicken pot pie. Yeah, this one's good. I, I think I'm more of a, I think I'm a fan of shepherd's pie over chicken pot pie, but depending on the chicken pot pie. Mm-hmm. These can be incredible. They have to have, for me, they have to have the little green peas in them. Yeah, that's a necessary ingredient. Just I mean, for it's, me personally. It's not an all, it's kind of like rutabaga and a pasty, mm-hmm. which, oh, I'll get to pasties. <laughs> but um, so chicken pot pie, there's a couple of really good places I can recommend, obviously all over the state. We're in, there's, there's no exhaustive list thing going on here. But in the little city of Elkhorn, which is the seat of Walworth County, right in their town square, there's a restaurant called Someplace Else. <laughs> that is a really good name. Especially for an Alcorn. <laughs> uh-huh. And other known for their chicken pot pie. So is Honey Pie Cafe in Milwaukee, which is all comfort food, mm-hmm. pretty much. They're in the uh, Bayview neighborhood on Kinnikinnick Avenue, which is always fun to try to spell. Kinnikinnick. I like yeah. saying it. A couple of double N's, a couple of double C's. It's K's everywhere. It's confusing. Uh, and then some places, like a lot of farms that are also restaurants, have really good chicken pot pie, and they're known for it. Elegant mm. Farmer in McQuanago is a good example. Quivy's Grove in Verona or Fitchburg oh, yeah. that, on the border there. That's another really good example. So if there's a farm that's a that's also a popular place to eat, chances are they're going to have a chicken pot pie on their menu. That is a good point. That is a very good point. And especially, I mean, chicken chickens are not hard to come by. <laughs> but if you can get <laughs> a really, really good farm-raised chicken, it makes all the difference. It does. And a really good crust on that. Oh, yeah. That makes a big difference, and too. I, see, if Josh were here, I'd ask him about these two places. The Nucleus in Eau Claire mm-hmm. is known for chicken pot pie. And also, I saw really high marks. I've eaten here. I've not had their chicken pot pie. But the Lakely in Eau Claire. The Lakely. Which I is downtown. It's by their uh, boutique hotel. And uh, Volume 1, which is one of my favorite stores in the state. Mm. Really? <laughs> yes. Volume one. And across from there is the Oxbow, which Where is a is boutique hotel. One? It's on the northeastern edge of downtown Eau Claire. Oh, is that the place you and Josh went mm-hmm. when after we? Yeah. Um, yes, I remember that. But I didn't go. I didn't go with you guys. We right. went to the. Josh would be on here talking about the roast beef sandwiches. Oh um, gosh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> we the should man. mention that. We just should for him. because that was that's that's a to. comfort food bar. We should mention it. I don't remember the name of it. Um, I could get us there in a car, but I don't remember oh, the name God. of it. No, it was Keep it talking, the town bar. I'll remember it. Was it like town bar or something along those lines? No, it was on I'll Water Street. It. Rays. Rays. Rays hot beef sandwiches. Yes. And he's obsessed with them. But they had two kinds. They had hot beef and then they had hot ham. Hot ham. Yep. 
and I actually am not a big ham fan, but I liked the ham better. Those did you? I did. I okay. liked the hot ham better, and that was true comfort food. Like I was, they were cooking out of crock pots in the back. Yeah. It was amazing. It felt those like are one of those little sandwiches too. They're like White Castle size. Yeah, but they're like what two dollars? Yeah. Very cheap, very fun. That was a that was a great place. So shout out to Josh. <laughs> uh, another great chicken pot pie. You know, we go to Eagle River periodically because that's where the ownership lives, and we film up there a lot. And Lumpy's, which is a popular place along US forty five and Highway thirty two, it's kind of south of Eau Claire Pro- or Eau Claire Eagle River proper, but uh, very popular bar with good food. But their chicken pot pie. Well-known and very good. Mm. Eagle River is a good place to have comfort food, too, because it gets real cold real fast. Yes, it does. A lot of snowmobilers are ready for comfort food after a day out on the trails in Eagle River mm-hmm. and St. Germain. Yeah, and that's a, a good point. Up there. Snowmobiling and comfort food. Ooh, those would be mm. a good, that would be kind of a good pairing. They go together like kibbles and bits, I'm telling you. <laughs> now, we mentioned meatloaf before. And yeah, you've got another one on your list, well, Eric. Well, the thing is, a Delta Diner makes a really great chicken pot pie. And Delta Diner is well-known for their meatloaf, and they just posted about it the other day. Now, Delta Diner is this famous place in middle of nowhere. It's about as middle of nowhere as you can get. Mm, when did you go there? Was it for uh, a show? It, no, it was actually on my way back from a shoot up in that oh. Ash, Ashland Bayfield area, because it's the only time you're in that vicinity. Right. And uh, it's, That's what it's, I was wondering, yeah. <laughs> it's a little place on a county road, County D, in what's considered Delta, Wisconsin, which I think is an unincorporated community. It's... Oh, so that's the name of the quote-unquote town. Right. Okay. And the township is Delta. And it's there's U.S. 63 and U.S. 2 up there. And when they're still about 20 miles apart, there's a county road that kind of connects them. <laughs> and mm. That's where you can go and find Delta Diner. And they posted on Facebook, uh, Mary's Grilled Meatloaf on Ashland Baking Company's Italian Country with Spicy Chipotle Glaze. Wow, what a description. Fresh tomato and crispy hash brown. Yum. That's a comfort food right there. That is definitely a comfort food. <laughs> Holy cow. That sounds great. So they have meatloaf and they have really good shepherd's pie, you said. Chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie. That's right. Chicken <laughs> pot pie. Not to be confused with shepherd's pie. Mm-hmm. Well, and we mentioned a couple cheesy things on the list. And I don't know if um, you've gotten to all the ones, Eric, if you've been able to write all the ones that you have down, because I'm sure there's more, but mac and cheese is a really big comfort food for people, as well as pasta as a whole, so yes. we can get into pastas, but you've got one that's mac and cheese. Yeah, I mean, there's so many places that offer up mac and cheese, it's hard to to narrow them down. Uh, the, the key is to look for it. Well, first of all, to me, the ultimate like simple comfort food is just a box of Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah, but... Once you get to the real mac and cheese, I mean, it's not hard to go back to Kraft. Sometimes right. there are foods where you're like, okay, I'm never going back to that. But Kraft is, Kraft is one of those things where like when you, it's like the first thing you know how to cook. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, Anna, we were trying to, we were talking about Josh Osterman. He's on my phone right now. Oh, you better answer that. Hold on. Hold on. We can wait. We can add him in via Bluetooth here. Hold on. Hello, Josh. Eric Paulson, Discover Wisconsin. Josh Osterman, Discover Wisconsin. <laughs> Good timing because we were just talking about Ray's hot beef sandwiches. Is that the case? Really? So it, okay, so it I'm is. I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin today. Um, we are at the uh, League of Municipalities conference. So uh, we're meeting with municipalities and cities across the state, and I'm really uh, I'm telling them, "Hey, do you listen to the Cabin Podcast?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And if they don't, I tell them. You Smash that subscribe button and listen so Anna and Eric can entertain you. But I have had three different conversations about um, 
Ray's hot beef, and <laughs> I, I and I did have a conversation about uh, Bill's hot beef or the, the hot beef at Bill's Pizza in Stevens Point, which I have referenced before. <laughs> okay, you are a walking podcast. Well, he's also well, a walking comfort food directory. Yeah, because, that is true. So, Josh, we've talked about um, different variations of comfort foods, like shepherd's pie. We've talked about. Oh yeah. Uh, we've talked about chicken pot pie, meatloaf. We haven't even gotten to chili yet, and we've talked about some barbecue stuff and things like that. Uh, dumplings, even. What are cheesy some cheesy potatoes? Cheesy potatoes. We Ooh. talked about the potatoes au gratin. Yep, little bit of potato, but we haven't gotten too much into potatoes yet. But we so. do need to get more into that. So you're perfect for for all of those things, and it doesn't have to be by any specific category or in any order. But what are some of your favorite comfort foods around the state? Some of your favorite okay. ones in general, and some of the places where you like to get it. So I will give one out to um, you know the, the cobblestone um, uh, hotel franchises that have the steakhouses in there with soda. Have you guys? Yeah, you you, you filmed there once. Did you have that um, the Newski's bacon, like yes. the slabs of Newski's bacon that's like thick? And like if I'm out at a at a place like and I see one of those, if a Newski's bacon is there, I hammer it. Okay. Um, but then there's the, the little smokies wrapped in crescent rolls. That's usually like a holiday themed mm. food or it's a Packer game, you know, like, um, uh, something that somebody can pick up and eat. That one is often overlooked, but you get the little smokies because some people will go the little smokies in the barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's fine. But you get those little smokies, you wrap them in crescent rolls, and you get them right out of the oven before they get, they get too cold. Oh, it's an amazing delicacy. And then a couple of different variations of mustard and other dips that yep. you can have mm -hmm. with it. Oh, those are wow, fantastic. that's some good advice. Right? So that, you know, like, let's talk chili for a second. I think it's a comfort food. It's actually something I made this last weekend. The weather started to dip a little bit. Uh, my wife and I were like, oh, my God, this is perfect. This is this is chilly weather. Everybody gets excited for chilly weather. Johnny had chili and he liked it. Um, I don't, Anna, do you remember this? This was a few years ago. There was a chili contest at, at Discover Wisconsin. So everybody in the office uh, cooked a chili and then people voted on who was their favorite chili. And it was a blind vote. Yep, and I, I made remember. A very, and I made a very traditional chili. What I mean by traditional is I had the beef. I had, you know, the, the kidney beans. I had um, green peppers, red peppers, onions, celery, and now my mouth is saturated. But um, I put mine up against everybody else. And I had two votes. One was my own and one was Courtney, who's often named at the end of this podcast. And, uh -huh. um, I finished dead last in the chili oh. contest. How? That's because people had like... People had curry chili. They had uh, hot and spicy chili, sweet and spicy chili. They just had like, Ooh. I think there was a sweet and sour chili. I don't know. They had like very different varieties of chili to the point where you might question whether or not it was actually chili, right? That, that's true. What's the uh -huh. definition? When does a chili not become a chili anymore? Uh, I don't know. People are going to have to chime in and let us know because there were some interesting flavors. So I do, I will say kudos to you, Josh, for sticking with a traditional chili because I can guarantee you that if we had parameters around what the definition of chili was, you may not mm -hmm. have been last. Yeah. See, like in Texas, they take chili really seriously, right? 
Yeah, well, then they've no got beans. like smoked chili a lot yeah, of the time, which like has got that smoked flavor. Meat and smoke and yeah, they, most of them, most of the time it's no bean chili down there mm-hmm. and hot as can be. Yep. Spicy so, as you can get it. I think like as, as the weather continues to drop, we look at the, you know, like the chilies or the different types of soups, like a potato soup to me is a, is a delicacy um, during the colder weather months. We're lucky enough to live in a, in a state that, it is cold at least six months out of the year. So we get to dive into these, these different uh, soups and different flavors. But um, there's one, you guys had mentioned that with like the chicken pot pie, hamburger pie is one that um, is, is something I grew up eating all the time in Northern Wisconsin. You could, it, does that, does that ring a bell? Hamburger pie? I, we had, I didn't really have much of that growing up. How, what's the difference between a hamburger pie and a regular hamburger or, say, a shepherd's kind of pie? Yeah, I think of, like, hamburger helper. Do you need that in a hamburger pie? No, not at all. I, oh. Come on. On a hamburger <laughs> helper. And a, oh. But it's actually not too bad. Upset. It's not that far off. So it's like if you think of a, a, a like a, a pasty, but it's like in, in a like an apple pie type of um, setup. So – the pie itself is the pie crust um, or like a crescent roll type of a pie crust in a pie dish. And then you brown the meat and you put in some carrots and some onions and some cut up cubed potatoes. And then you, um, I think it's like cream of mushroom soup is in there as well. And then you put the pie crust over the top of it and you put it in the oven. So if somebody's walking by and they can't smell anything, they're going to look at that and think, Oh, that's an apple pie. But then you pull it out and you cut it. It's, it's, a hamburger pie, or some people call it meat pie. Um, that is a Wisconsin tradition. Inter- I didn't know that was a Wisconsin tradition, but it sounds like a chicken pot pie, but with beef. Yeah, but just um, mm, better. Which and would be you know, really good. Yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, I, mean, meat I, so I, don't, good. I, I don't know if you guys have, have um, had a chance to dive into the sweets yet when it comes. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you guys have already talked cheese curds and custard and no. like all different. Those no. are comfort foods. We have it's not talked. That, see, it's subjective. <laughs> I, I said to Eric, I said, I think comfort foods are subjective based on what you had as a kid. What's super salty to you in a way, but it's what, what do you specialize in eating in the, in a, in a cold weather setting more so? Well, well I'm about as wide as I am tall. So when I say <laughs> a Racine Kringle, <laughs> That is an excellent um, comfort food for me because, like, if I'm eating a chili or if I'm eating a, a hamburger pie or any type of potato soup, you're going to be left with that that warm sensation in your mouth. It's going to be hot. Sometimes, like me, I don't let it cool off enough, so it burns the inside of my mouth. So I'm going to need something sweet to hit that salty flavor, and that's where you can go to the Kringle, where it's not going to overdo it, or you can go with the custard or whatever, but you can go with the Kringle because it's a Wisconsin favorite. You can get a Racine Kringle or an O&H Kringle or, a, you know, if you're in the Madison area, a Lane's Bakery Kringle. You know, that's that tops off a nice comfort food. Yeah, that is a good Wisconsin tradition right there, too, around the holiday. It and it's a, a very shareable thing that you can have mailed right to your door. Yeah. I was thinking for dessert like a grasshopper, but, yeah, it's, uh, the Kringle's a good uh, idea, too. Grasshopper would be a holiday, <laughs> a holiday goodie. I wonder which one has more sugar. See, I think of for comfort foods that are sweet, I think of pie. Yeah. I like, think of pie, like, like a homemade pie. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So, Josh, what do you have in mind for sweets? Well, I, I mean, a Kringle is, is my favorite. Now, a Cherry Crisp um, 
is is a is a fan favorite in northern Wisconsin. Uh, and I think that's that's something. I'm not a huge cherry crisp fan, but I know with it, you know, the cherries in Wisconsin being um, uh, an integral part to, to Door County, you know, I wanted to at least throw that out. Um, it is a very good dish that everybody likes. It's just not my favorite, but that's something when I think of um, when I think of something hot and sweet during comfort food time, it would be a it would be that a cherry crisp, but you know, what about beer cheese soup? I didn't even think of that Ooh, one. Ooh, that's a good one, that? too. That is a very, very good one, and one that we uh, actually did an episode of Discover Wisconsin on early on when I was mm-hmm. hosting. Mm-hmm. Did, now, Eric, do you like to put popcorn in your beer cheese soup? No, I hate is that. Is that a thing? It's a thing, but I don't like it at all. I have never heard of that. Yeah, don't mess with my beer cheese soup. The Old Fashioned in Madison was a great place for it. Yeah. Old Fashioned is good for cheese curds, too, which you mentioned, Josh. Okay, we got one last question, and then we'll let you get back to your conference. Best mac and cheese spot in Wisconsin, because you called us right when we were talking about that. Oh, mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, that's I. I feel, I okay. feel embarrassed to best even say pasta, that. Best pasta, best pasta place. I, I again. I mean, you. I mean, I stumped I, him I, twice. Hey, stumped him twice. We'll talk happen. about pasta in a second here. Okay, best. What chili place? Well, you mentioned cheese curds. Best cheese curds. We talk about cheese curds all the time, though. Okay, fine. Best best chili. Um, you know, I. It's not going to be um, something that ever, anybody at Discover Wisconsin agrees with, but my own chili is pretty darn good. <laughs> okay, you can't uh, end on that note. We'll give you an easy one. Best pizza okay. place. Well, <laughs> it's a place in Rhinelander where the where the, the heavens open up and there's trumpets playing as you walk in because it's the best pizza in the state of Wisconsin. I'll just leave it at that. You guys can name it if you want. But I <laughs> like did. Like the Swans of um, Capistrano or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I did actually. Um, I talked Swallows, to some people. Um, uh, where, where? Oh, I forget the name of the town that I was talking to. Um, Wells? Oh, it's Racine. Oh, Wells Brothers Wells? in Racine. Have you had that pizza? Oh, yeah. It's I have phenomenal. Has it, it's never been talked about in any of our pizza episodes, though, right? Oh, yeah. I've mentioned it. You have? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was having a conversation today um, and I had asked, you know, like, oh, what are some of your favorite pizza places? And they they were talking about uh, like Wells was brought up. And then she said, well, how do you like your crust? And I said, well, obviously you haven't listened to any of the pizza podcasts here with the cabin. Um, But I said thin crust um, ingredients under the cheese cut pub cut. And she's like, well, how many ingredients do you want on it? That was an excellent question for me. Because I remember there's a couple of good pizza places in the state that they pack way too many ingredients underneath the cheese and you go to pick it up and it just turns into a floppy mess. You can't have that. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll typically when I'm judging how good of a pizza it is, it's got to be like an Italian sausage. Um, this goes back to comfort food because I like to eat pizza a lot. And so like a nice thin crust pizza at a local place is a good comfort food for me. And I said, you know, Italian sausage, maybe a pepperoni and throw a green pepper on there if you want. And she's like, she said two, two ingredients max. That's what you get. Otherwise um, you go to Durango's and Racine uh, if you want, if you want more ingredients on it. So 
now I have a couple of places to hit to have pizza in Racine, and I'm excited about it. And I want to wait until it gets so cold that I'm just so happy to be inside. And, you know, you have the bar scene going on and you smell the pizza and like the, 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 you know, the steam is rising from the pizza. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Wow. What a picture. And uh, please, people, don't go to the place that I'm about to name. I think there's uh, trumpets there because there will not be trumpets to greet you only metaphorically. However, if you do go to Racine this winter, you might nope, just. Rylander. No, 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 Racine for these new pizzas that Josh is going to try. You might see him. Oh, this for the trumpets. I thought he was talking for the trumpets. About. That's in Rhinelander. But the uh, if you want to experience Josh Osterman, you might catch a glimpse of him this uh, winter in Racine. So thank you, Josh, for swinging on. We'll let you get back to your conference. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity to talk food with you all. We appreciate <laughs> you. Go Thanks, get some Josh. comfort food. Okay, toodaloo. All right, bye. <laughs> Always a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Chili. I'm not sure. Mac and cheese. I'm not sure. Pizza. Oh, pizza. And yeah. then 20 minutes later, we're like, okay, Josh, we got to <laughs> We had to cut him off, folks. Uh, um, okay. Well, that was a lot of um, information about food. <laughs> and uh, speaking of pizza, I did have one place. And then I think that we're just at about time. So we'll probably have to do a part two on comfort food, which I don't think people will be upset by. But pizza place that I did want to mention was Il Retrovo in Sheboygan. This place is amazing. And there are a couple places in Sheboygan that have really, really great comfort food. So Il Retrovo, they've got some brick oven pizzas. They the th- Neapolitan style pizza yeah. is what they oh, specialize in. And it's very, crust, very good. Amazing. Yeah. The sauce is incredible. So that's a, a definitely a popular one in the area. And then across the street is Trattoria Stefano. Did I say that correctly? Stefano. Stefano. Always mess that one Same up. Motor, Trattoria yeah. Stefano. Um, and man, he is an incredible chef. He is. And we talked about him in our Sheboygan episode. Yep. Yeah. So that one's a good one, too. Uh, I don't know if this would be considered comfort food, but when we went there, they've got pasta and I think we had like wild boar, which I don't know if that would be comfort food. <laughs> Any kind of like, food, yeah, that's not quite comfort food, but the pasta there is, is amazing. And they get this, you know, certain type of pasta that's like dried very slowly. So when you eat it, it's a little more al dente. So that place is really, really great. But Il Retrovo is the true comfort food for pizza there in uh, Sheboygan. We're going to talk mac and cheese, chili, and a bunch of others. Uh, we might get creative. We might bring Josh back in uh, in, the, in the actual cabin, too, uh, for some of this conversation. So we'll have a part two on Wisconsin's comfort food because there's so many options in this state. And uh, we'll, we'll do the other one on the other side of the Thanksgiving holiday. And if you have any recommendations for places that we should either try or that we should talk about, please leave them in uh, the comments. Or even creative recipes for comfort foods. We're good with that, too. That'd be great. If anything Wisconsin. some traditional. We want to know about it. Wisconsin traditions. Anything your mom cooked growing up, we want to hear about it. Uh, all right. Well, now that we're all hungry talking about all these delicious comfort foods, why don't we go to a tasty place? I think we should. Where are we going to go? Well, the cabin is brought to you in part by the Menominee Chamber. Oh. So Menominee, Wisconsin. Seat of Dunn County. Perched halfway between the Twin Cities and the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls, the metropolitan area, we'll call it. Menominee is a really lovely city, about 16,000 residents in the heart of Dunn County, the home to UW Stout, the only campus not named after the city it's in. Mm -hmm. Stout was a person. Uh, But Menominee has a lot of fun things to do. Being a college town, being a town with a a lot of rich history and a home of the uh, Tainter Gate. Which which is pretty great. Sounds like a bad scandal. 
But it's actually pretty sweet. So actually, you should check it out. It's a beautiful. It's a very useful building. Well, the Mabel Tainter Theater is. Yeah, that's what I'm named thinking. Named after of. the family that invented the Tainter Gate, which is a very important uh, use of of uh, basically controlling water. <laughs> yeah. A lot of inventions end up with long histories and uh, illustrious riches for those who found it, and that's why the Mabel Tainter Theater downtown is so beautiful. Opened in 1890, and there are so many things to do and see in Menominee in all seasons. We talked about all the fall fun. But now that we're heading into winter, it's time to talk about the winter fun you can have there. And we know firsthand because we filmed a show there. We did indeed. Two years ago now. In the winter. Mm-hmm. In Jan- We filmed it in January. That it was, was the height of, was holy really crap, it's cold. cold out. Yeah. It was cold, but it was also a ton of fun. I'm not going to lie. Oh, absolutely. We were able to really enjoy Menominee in the depth of winter, but it was still so warm, partially because we visited a lot of breweries. We did, and there was one in particular that had a campfire, which was pretty great. Yes, a brewery Nonic, which uh, there's a little uh, slash through the O. It's kind of a, what, Scandinavian thing mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, in the old train station in Menominee, yeah, great the- brewery, great beers. And, yeah, the back area has a cool little uh, outdoor fire pit area. Mm-hmm. And dogs are welcome there. Dogs are welcome there. And uh, we had we had a great story there. Just check out our episode on Menominee, the Discover Wisconsin episode. And remember, Menominee is spelled M-E-N-O-M-O-N-I-E, this Menominee. There's yes. a lot of ways you can spell it. So we visited Brewery Nonic. We visited Lucette Brewing, which is also famous for their pizzas. Speaking of uh, comfort foods. Tags, oh boy, that was really comfortable was, after a cold, <laughs> yeah, cold day real. and evening out there. Menominee also, uh, Zymergy Brewery, too. I should mention them since we're on the topic of breweries. They're in a former gas station. That's also pet friendly and uh, just a lot of really great beer. So you're talking three craft breweries within one square mile of each other mm-hmm. in uh, downtown Menominee, kind of flanking downtown to the west and to the east. And and um, we had a great time also doing candlelight ski and a candlelight yeah, hike. Yeah, that one is a ton of fun if you're looking for some night activity. And there's also a ton of places to go during the day before any mm-hmm. brewer breweries or uh, pizza tours. Um, but some of the places that you can check out, one of the places that we actually went to was uh, Woodwind Hills. Yeah, getting outside of town, Woodwind Hills is a really cool place that had been around for a long time and then it was dormant for a while. And then this couple, one's from the Twin Cities, the other from Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, bought this and they're redeveloping it into something really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's actually called Woodwind Park. Yes, Park. Woodwind Park. But um, it is in some really nice hills. It is. And they, I think it was like vacant for 30 years and then they ended up developing basically what they want to be kind of like a community center outdoor f- outdoors for a lot of people within Menominee, but also on the outskirts of Menominee. And I mean, I would go there. I would travel a couple hours to go to this place, if I not more. I would it's, because it, it offers so much. It used to be a ski area mm-hmm. and it may become one again, but in the meantime, you can go tubing down hills. You can go ice skating on flooded rinks outside, which is yeah. the way it was meant to be, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have a, a little a little lodge area that, they're, that they've been expanding on and everything yep. ever since. They have a great outdoor area with fire pits uh, where they're, they're hosting events now, weddings, things yeah. like that. And they're really looking to, uh, to keep expanding on that. It's growing. And I, when I was there, it very much felt like when you're a kid and you're roasting marshmallows. I mean, there were a mm-hmm. bunch of kids like roasting marshmallows and making s'mores over the fire and stuff. So if you in there were adults, they're having a blast, too. So no matter what age, Woodwind Park is a great place to go if you're looking for some winter fun. 
It is. And if you want to just see some other natural beauty in the area, Devil's Punch Bowl, a beautiful place in the summer. But it's it's almost like the Devils of Wisconsin in a way mm-hmm. where you can see all these different layers of stone and everything and stand under it. You're in the bowl. It's almost like a frozen waterfall, but well, surrounded, you're surrounded winter, by it. Yeah. In the winter, yes, those icicles hang right down. And I mean, you can get some amazing pictures and just kind of stand there in awe. Yeah, we got some really cool drone shots going towards it and away from it. It was stunning. <laughs> Now, you can also traverse the area on the Red Cedar State Trail. That's one of the areas where the uh, uh, the candlelight ski was going on. Mm-hmm. You can do snowshoeing and all of that. Uh, maybe fat tire biking there, but otherwise there are some trails in the area to check all of that out. The Menominee Sculpture Tour is outside downtown. You can tour that any time of year. And um, the, all, the, all the places there are to warm up inside. It's like being a college town, there's a lot of vibrant places, shops, restaurants, and things like that. And then... Right in downtown, abutting the campus, abutting the downtown area, is Lake Monoman. Mm-hmm. This is a really good one. And uh, we've mentioned it on the podcast before, uh, but their ice fishing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they do a really cool version of ice fishing, in my opinion, where they go out and they cook a bunch of different meats right over the fire that they put out on the lake. And they just get a kind of like a little party going. I know the college students really go out there and party, but oh, yeah. but the the non-college students are also out there and they're just having a blast. It's a great time to get get the family together and just have a day out on the ice. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, there's just an area on the street. You just drive off it right onto mm-hmm. the lake and do that. And But then again, you're also right downtown. I mean, you're yep. not out in the middle of nowhere with this deal. So that's Lake Monoman. And of course, the Red Cedar River runs through town. A lot of natural beauty, a lot of man-made and woman-made fun to be had <laughs> in Menominee. It's right where I-94 uh, crosses Highway 25. US-12 goes through there. And so does uh, State Highway 29. They all converge in Menominee. M-E-N-O-M-O-N-I-E. Explore Menominee.com for more. And the cabin is also brought to you by Jefferson County in southern Wisconsin. They're right along the Madwaki Corridor between Milwaukee and Madison. Yeah, see where they got the Madwaki from? Over 130 miles of paddle trails on eight different rivers and streams, providing great opportunities in the fall and into winter. And once they're frozen over, the ice fishing in Jefferson County is phenomenal. There's a lot of great lakes there, too, including Koshkanon, which is a phenomenal lake to fish on. There's also great winter recreation trails, 225 miles miles of snowmobile trails, 14 miles of groomed cross-country ski trails, ice fishing tournaments, the famous Knickerbocker Ice Festival. Yes, Anna will vouch for that in Lake Mills. And there's exceptional fishing and boating opportunities. Over 13,000 acres of lakes, including in the wintertime when you can do all of that great ice fishing. Dog parks, four seasons. You can bring the dogs out, have a lot of fun, and check out all the great things in the towns. You've got Stable Rock Winery in Jefferson. And in Lake Mills, you have Lewis Station Winery, you have Tyranina Brewing, which has its original tap room and a great place downtown to check out, Sunshine Brewing, and you've got to check out their tacos. And the newly renamed Salty Dog Distillery, which is a dog-friendly distillery, small batch distillery out on the east side of Lake Mills, originally called Dog and Shrub. They've kept the dog theme big time, and they have great spirits to check out. So there's three options in Lake Mills. you got the Stable Rock in Jefferson and a ton of great places all throughout the county. And when you get to Fort Atkinson, you can check out Wisconsin's Dairy History with the Horde History Museum and Dinner Theater The Fireside Dinner Theater is right there in Fort. And up in Watertown, there's some great options, too. They're right in the Jefferson-Dodge County line. You can check out their newly revamped downtown. The bottom line is, in Jefferson County, there are tons of great things to check out 
all throughout the county. Enjoy Jefferson County. WI.com has a lot more details. So check it out, including for a ton of great winter fun. We don't have a review today, but we do have a tease about the next week's episode. So make sure you join us next week on the cabin with your wallets ready because we're going to discover all the fun gifts and goodies Wisconsin has to offer as we get towards the holiday season of giving and getting. So we'll be airing Wisconsin's festive gift guide. Our own Courtney Haas will be joining us in the cabin next week. So don't miss it. And as we get ready to wrap up, I want to remind you of this message from the All of Us Research Program. The All of Us Research Program is asking for people to help researchers make healthcare more precise by creating individualized prevention and treatment options. When you join, You'll share your unique health information and become part of the largest and most diverse medical research program ever. The more data researchers have, the more they'll be able to create better care for all of us. Introducing the next breakthrough in medicine, you. Details at joinallofus.org slash discoverwi. Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted and produced by Eric Paulson and me, Anna Elise Beckman. Audio engineering and video teasers by Elise Miller and Logan Ingram with social media by Adeline Savanak. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover Media Works. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review. 